Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene right here on WGWG.org. We appreciate you hanging out with us, uh, talking uh, all sorts of things, movies, pop culture, and just the love of being alive. And uh, we are happy to, to talk about all three of those with uh, with Travis Langley. Travis, uh, we, we had you back. Uh, I was looking at the calendar, and it was back when, uh, when you did the Wonder Woman book mm -hmm. and man um you know I, I cannot keep up with how many different books you are involved in relating to all things all things all things and everything from pop culture to to superheroes and uh, yeah and movies it's just it's amazing so thank you first and foremost for for taking the thank time you. to come back again well thank you yeah the joker psychology evil clowns and the women who love them is book number thirteen? Wow, wow! So, so tell me this: What is it that sends you down that path of going? Okay, this is what my next project is going to be. And and talk specifically mm. about the Joker psychology. What was it that led you down that path? Well, yeah, with uh, the books in general, it starts with what's interesting to me, uh, and that I think I can bring real psychology. Talk about real human nature. I mean, there are things that are fascinating to me. Uh, I, if I start talking about some TV show on social media, there are immediately people speculating, oh, is that going to be your next book? It's like, no, it's just what I'm binging on right now and, and want to talk about. So what can I really talk about? Of course, what, does the, what is the publisher willing to put out? Right. And like, we, we had agreed two years ago, more than two years ago, three years ago, to do this Joker book. And then finally, when it's coming up on uh, the, the upcoming Joker film, they say, oh, oh, yeah, let's get that book done. The, the, the Joker book is, the Joker in particular is one people have been asking me about ever since I wrote Batman and Psychology, A Dark and Stormy Night. That was my first book. I did that as the sole author. I had uh, Michael Uslan, producer of the movies, wrote my foreword, and Dennis O'Neill, who wrote the first comic book I remember ever reading, wrote an introduction for it. Um, but you know, the content of it, you know, I'm the author, and it did very well. After that, other psychologists and, and related experts said, you know, if you do more of these, we'd like to be involved. So the rest are technically anthologies, um, but I, I write more than anybody else. This Joker book, I wrote the majority of the book. I wrote two-thirds of the book. And, and since it's a longer book, I figured out, I wrote about 90% as much as I wrote for the Batman book. The People have been asking me about the Joker repeatedly ever since I wrote the book about Batman. And... Uh, for a while, I, I kind of resisted it because I was thinking, like, how do I fill the book on a psychology of a character who we don't know what he thinks? We don't know for sure what his background is. And you know, for storytelling purposes, it's best that we do not know what he definitely thinks. It's best that we don't know who he for sure is. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, the, uh, I was having a conversation with uh, my, somebody, a couple of people from my publisher, and the publisher said, what if you make it about Joker and Harley Quinn? And I was like, well, okay. Uh, even though it's still the majority of Joker, yeah. Uh, it's like just their relationship gives you a couple chapters talking about something grounded in his life, and then you have the material on her where we do know things about Harley and her background, and there's some hope for her to be a better person. And, and the subtitle also popped in my head because I did realize, you know, calling it The Joker and Harley Quinn Psychology for the main title is a bit long. <laughs> and so the subtitle, yeah. So the subtitle had to show that somehow it has to have something to do with Harley as well. Because, uh, you know, he, with the Joker, you've got this psychopath, this force of chaos, uh, who is the ultimate challenge for Batman. Batman, the grim, brooding hero who dresses like a monster, 
as his ultimate enemy in the form of the bright laughing monster who looks like a clown. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and the Joker is almost as old as Batman himself if you go back mm-hmm. to, to the comics. And how far back have you been researching and thinking about the Joker's character? I mean, do you go back to his uh, initial inception, um, you know, decades and decades and decades ago? Oh, all of it, yes. It's, uh, it's, you know, when you're working on some of these books, it's like, well, I need to go do some research now and re- get into those 1940 comics. Uh, so, no, I, I read them all. I love reading them all. And, uh, you know, in terms of my own life, how far it goes back, I, you know what, my baby book shows that one of my earliest words was Batman the <laughs> month the show premiered, yeah. and the Joker was one of the stories that month. In terms of the comics, I mean, I even go back before the Joker's first appearance, because I had conversations with Jerry Robinson, one of the creators of the character, about how they came to create this character. My second chapter in the book, uh, I analyze the conflicting but overlapping reports that Jerry Robinson, Bill Finger, and Bob King gave about how they came to create this character. You know, looking at the psychology of memory, because it is a psychology book, you know, and using that to figure out, okay, here's who created the character. Well, you know, you've, and, and some of the reports, you know, talking about Robinson, I think he's kind of this, this unsung hero um, mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't really think about when they think about Batman or the Joker. And then you, you start realizing, you know, he's, he's one that was, was tasked with, you know, going back and coming up with ideas. And there was a movie from like 1928, The Man Who Laughs. And if you look at those images of, of the actor who portrayed that, man, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's the Joker. And, uh, well, it's in there, yeah. Uh, Jerry, Jer- the idea starts with Jerry. That seems pretty clear because both Jerry and Bill Finger said that it started with this card drawing that Jerry made. And so that's, uh, and then um, Finger saw this drawing that Jerry had made for a Joker character, and he saw that and he said, that's Conrad Veidt. Yes. And Jer- Jerry and Bob didn't know who that was, so Bill brought in pictures, and then those pictures were incorporated. They used Veidt's photos from the movie The Man Who Laughs as a reference, and it's very easy to see the similarity. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's quite fascinating. Um, you know, you, you, you look in your book, The Joker Psychology, and you've got a lot of people uh, that have contributed in, in one form or another. And uh, talk about the aspect of bringing this team together to, to provide support for this. Because yeah, we've got... A number of different interviews, so we've got people involved in those. And then the contributors, because these are people I've built up over time, people who had talked to me uh, long ago about how if we did more books, they'd like to be involved. Some of these are people, professionals, whom I met through conventions, and we did convention panels together. And I, I would hear how they were able to talk about both psychology and the fiction in a way that was meaningful and interesting to a general audience. Some of the people that I found through their blogs and saw that they were able to write about psychology and a popular topic in a way that, okay, read well for general audiences. And then there are a few who they emailed me and sought me out and said, you know, we would like to get involved in these books. Uh, some of the other professionals, like where I've got a, a feature written by Steve Englehart, who wrote this story in the 70s where the Joker was putting his face on fish. Uh, Steve was one who, yeah, several years back, I had simply emailed him a question about one of his stories, and we maintained correspondence. Um, so I contact these people in different ways and tell them, it's like, we're, we do things a little differently. It's like, yeah, we are doing something scholarly, but we're not writing it with a scholarly tone. Right. Uh, we are 
We want this to be, we are teaching about human, real human nature. We're teaching the world about real human nature. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's happening through this character who is so visually iconic um, mm-hmm. that has lasted for so long. And what is it about this character that we really do know so little about. I mean, you 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 get these glimpses of a backstory, but it's you know there was there was one quote out there that uh, that I remember the Joker in in some it was either in a comic or a movie said you know my life is kind of like multiple choice you know I, I kind of mm-hmm. like it that way. Go yeah, ahead. that's from the graphic novel Batman: The Killing Joke. Okay, okay, uh, and I hope I didn't murder it too much, but I remember something. You're, cl- about... you're close enough. You got the point. <laughs> yeah, you got the point of it. But you know, I think that's to me what's an interesting thing is we. We only know what the Joker wants us to know um, about yeah. about that backstory, and it does change with time. And you know, why is it that we are so drawn to this this crazy clown who, at times, is a true psychopath, and at other times, you can't help but laugh at what he's doing? Why are we drawn to to something like this? He's a very flexible, chaotic character all throughout. The world throughout history, you see stories where there are these trickster figures, these troublemaking uh, sources of mischief who bring out the best in heroes, who challenge them. We also want to know about uh, the creatures in the dark. And when it is the you know, bright clown, uh, there's this wonderful quote from uh, Lon Janey, Chaney Sr. about how it's like, yeah, clown's funny in a circus, but what would you think if you turned up at your door at midnight? Right, and right. the 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 joker has this this the 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 clown figure just clowns themselves why are clowns creepy to so many people of course when i was a kid i loved clowns and and i know in the 80s the movie it and the novel it really helped uh you know redefine some popular views on clowns there (laughs) yes Uh, but 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 there've always been some creepy clowns. This person who has kind of a ghost-like appearance, but with something mirthful or sad drawn onto them. There's something in that uncanny valley of not quite looking fully like you know a regular human being that you don't that creates this sense of you don't know for sure what's with this person. Right, right, and 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 the Joker is this amazing foil to Batman. Absolutely, yeah, and and also the stark visual contrast, as you mentioned earlier, you know that that is there, uh, whether it's on the the comic book page, the graphic novel page, on TV, or even on film, there is that stark visual contrast as well, and you know so many actors, if you're going to talk about the portrayals of of this character, so many actors, I think have have done the Joker well, and they've done it in their own way and made it their own, whether it's a voice actor or whether it's someone like, you know, a Heath Ledger or a Cesar Romero uh, or a Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I think they all have brought something different to that character. Um, have there have there been particular actor portrayals that you've seen that you have felt maybe uh, captured the psychology of Joker better than others, in your opinion? Well, You've got to judge the Joker in terms of the context of the story he's in. Okay. Like looking at what, what's the most interesting, most meaningful Joker does depend on the story. Cesar Romero's version was perfect for the Adam West uh, version. Yes. Heath Ledger did an amazing job with The Dark Knight, and I, I don't think Nicholson would have done as well as that, but Nicholson was perfect for the 89 film. Right. Okay. And while 
I, I don't really like what they were doing with the Joker and Suicide Squad. I think Jared Leto did, delivered the performance that the director was going for. He did a wonderful job of that. In, in terms of overall, I still have to give a little bit of an edge to Mark Hamill for what he's done with the Joker and Batman the Animated Series. But he's also he's played the role far more often, more frequently, and in so many different ways and situations than anybody else has gotten to. Yeah, and you, Mark Hamill, I think since 92... Uh, he's been involved in some form or fashion with with the Joker character, and that's talk about longevity uh, of getting to know your character. Um, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and he kind of played uh, the Joker just a little earlier. There was this character he played on the old TV show, The Flash, called the Trickster. That they made their Trickster a whole lot like the Joker, and that's where we first saw kind of a proto-Joker in Mark Hamill already then. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I love how you are going back and talking about that trickster-esque aspect that we've seen throughout cultures, throughout history, and it's there. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the, you know, the, uh, the TV show Supernatural, and I know that you've done some things on that as well. And there's a yeah. trickster there that shows up from time to time as well. And, and as you were talking about that, I'm like, hey, that's exactly right. That makes all the sense in the world. Um, as we are looking at, you know, kind of what is the future for the Joker on page, uh, for the Joker on film, uh, you know, Joaquin has already said, you know, this is kind of a one-off. It's not. He didn't want to sign any kind of long-term contract. He wanted a, a, a piece that, that captured a story, that captured a character, and then he could walk away. What do you think the future of where the Joker will go on in comics, graphic novels, or on film? What are some of your thoughts? Well, one is that because the Joaquin being a one-off, I think that's great. For them to show you can tell different kinds of stories with these comic book characters instead of re repeatedly following the same troubles. They've got history of more than 80 years of comic book stories to pull from and, and base things on or, or be very loosely inspired like with this film. And, and tell different stories. Where they go with the Joker, a lot of it has to do with where we're going with society. Wow. As I go through, it's like five major divisions in the Joker's history. They repeatedly reflect where we are in our culture, what we want, and the history of comics themselves. When I wrote my Batman book, I had divided the his Joker's history into four main stages. I thought we were at the start of the fifth stage, but you're not sure. It takes more time to look back and see for sure, are you? And then, yeah, it's become clear that the 21st century Joker is, you know, the 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 chaos proponent. Uh, he is the terrorist of the 21st century and the source of what makes us afraid now. Yeah. And so, what are we going to be? interested in, inspired by, driven by 15 years from now, I think the Joker will be tapping into that. Wow, wow. Well, uh, for your book, uh, The Joker Psychology, uh, Evil Clowns and the Women Who Love Them, uh, what would you hope that readers would gain from this book? Uh, the lesson of don't be an evil clown. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Okay, that's simple. It's easy. It's to the point. <laughs> so where can people find this book that will teach them not to be an evil clown? Uh, well, I'm easy to find on social media, especially Facebook and Twitter. 
at Superheroologist, I'm one of the ten most followed psychologists. The book is easy to find. Uh, Barnes & Noble, especially, but it's in other bookstores. Amazon, it's all over the place. Good deal, yeah. And uh, and they can uh, they can just search your name as well uh, and find connections to uh, Dr. Travis Langley. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and tell us where you're located, so if, if they wanted to check out uh, what school you were associated with. I am at Henderson State University. I'm a distinguished professor of psychology. And I'm easy to I'm. I always go to San Diego Comic Con, WonderCon, and New York Comic Con, and I've been doing many Wizard World conventions. So honestly, the conventions are probably the best way for someone who wants to talk to me in person. And, and uh, yeah, we've got just a couple minutes, but talk about that and that interaction you have at conventions and what you gain from that of of meeting the fans, uh, those that are in and out of costume. When I attended my first San Diego Comic-Con in 2007, I saw this environment that celebrated people's interests. I saw them looking lively in, in this environment that celebrates interests that might ostracize them somewhere else. In fact, I did some research on them for the next two years. I could do survey research at the conventions for two years, and then everybody was too lost in their phones to want uh, to do surveys. But uh, it was in a fascinating environment. Now where I am... You know, I give the I give talks. I do panels where I meet other professionals and, and I talk to people who who know the books, who come up to me, and some of them are sharing stories, accounts at New York Comic Con. There was this I was getting interviewed by a reporter dressed as Poison Ivy, and there's this girl as a Sailor Moon Deadpool who comes up to me afterward, talking excitedly about how much the book meant to her and, and in a, in very personal ways. And the whole time she's talking, I, I love that she's telling me these things. I'm also kind of wishing she would take off the Deadpool mask so I could know who I was talking to. <laughs> so there you go. Well, uh, Dr. Travis Langley, thanks for uh, spending time with us talking about the book, The Joker, Psychology, uh, Evil Clowns, and the Women Who Love Them. Uh, any final thoughts, final comments about The Joker? I, I think we will continue to see other varieties of what this character is. And, and now that they've seen him with completely different backgrounds, whether Jack Napier in 89, Jerome on Gotham, or Arthur Fleck, uh, people know it's like this character is even more bizarre than they'd realized. Absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks as always. We really enjoyed talking to you. Enjoyed having you back. And uh, look forward to your next work as well. Travis, thanks so much. All right. Take care. Till next time, this is Noel Manning for WGWG and Cinema Scene. Till next time, that is a wrap.